Welcome to the Gifts for Glory podcast, where we celebrate and promote men and women using their gifts for God's glory. Know someone who is making an impact for God's kingdom using their gifts, talents, and passions? We'd love to meet them. Send us an email at podcast at giftsforglory.com. That's podcast at gifts, the number four, glory.com. And now here is our host, Dave Ebert. Hello, friends and neighbors, and welcome to this, the latest edition of the Gifts for Glory podcast. Uh, thank you for uh, joining us, whether you're live here on the Gifts Glory Facebook page or on our YouTube page, or if you're joining us from the Vindy Nation group, uh, you might be watching also on the Creative Motion Network or listening on the Taken TV Podcast Network or any of your favorite podcast platforms. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we cast a wide net. We want to make sure that we get these stories out to as many people as possible. So we're so thankful that you're with us and that you're uh, joining us now for the Gifts for Glory podcast. Please be a part of the show if you're watching live. Uh, leave a comment in the chat box, and we'd love to uh, connect with you and uh, just have a great time this evening. Now, one of the uh, um, one of the tenets of the Gifts for Glory uh, ministries is our improv comedy troupe based in the Chicagoland uh, suburbs. Uh, we're called Wellverse Comedy. Uh, we're getting ready for our next show at Lombard Assembly Church in Lombard, Illinois, on Saturday, January 22nd. So if you're in the Midwest and you'd like to make a drive for a free show, uh, we'd love to see you there. And uh, if you're also in the Midwest and you'd like to bring comedy to your church, we'd love to uh, to serve you with a gift of laughter. Uh, just be uh, follow us at WellverseCMDY. That's at WellverseCMDY or at WellverseComedy.com. And uh, we'd love to uh, connect with you there. Uh, so let's transition now over to our Devotions with Dave segment. Our Devotions with Dave segment is coming from uh, the book of Esther. Uh, Esther chapter 4, 14 is the verse. Uh, and here, uh, of course, Esther's being uh, uh, just uh, encouraged to, to use her position. Uh, if you keep quiet at, time, at a time like this, Deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place, but you and your relatives will die. Who knows if perhaps you were made queen for just such a time as this? Uh, so often we might hear that that part of the phrasing of such a time as this uttered, but we don't always relate it to life and death situations. Uh, here, Esther has the power to potentially influence uh, the the way that that the king is running things and here she's being admonished saying, Hey, you were probably put here for this moment. If you don't act, God has a backup plan, but why not serve God? Why not honor God and use your position? Use what God's given you use dare I say your, your gifts for God's glory. And that's an encouragement that rings true today. We're all given gifts. We're all given talents. We're given passions and desires. We're even given experiences that can be used and redeemed by God for such a time as this. And as we go on further, as, as things get more and more crazy, the body of Christ needs to rise up for just such a time as this. So I hope that you'll be encouraged by the lesson that Esther left us with this moment by saying, Let's use our gifts, our talents, our passions, the positions that God is putting us in, in a way to serve his kingdom, to grow his kingdom, to serve others, and potentially save a life, and, and more likely save an eternity. 
by acting and by being used by God. So I encourage you, use your gifts, your talents, your passions, everything that God has given you as a way to serve and honor him. So that was our Devotion with Dave segment coming from the book of Esther, Esther 4.14, reading from the New Living Translation. Now, as we move forward, uh, we will have, we're will we going to get to our guest, a phenomenal guest. It's going to be a lot of fun having this conversation. If you're not aware of Vindication, if you haven't watched the trailer I did, or, or watched the show, i got to ask, where have you been? But uh, for those of you that might be new to the game, uh, here is the uh, Season 2 trailer from Vindication. All right, guys, get out there, be safe, watch each other's backs. 911, what's your emergency? There's a guy in the garage with my dad, and they're yelling, and I don't know what to do. I'm Sergeant Travis with East Bank Police Department. Just here to follow up. Be careful. Be safe. I love you. There is no shortage of issues in this world today. I mean, injustice, inequality, prejudice. Where I grew up, there wasn't no hate about it. Come on here. They're all covering for him. Sad. It's like they're addicts. No limits. I don't know what to tell you. Maybe it was one bad choice. One bad choice, I don't want to go caught. You know what I do know? Is that God doesn't abandon us just because we mess up. With all this shuffling going on, it's going to create opportunities. For those who are willing to show how much they want to move up. What do they expect to find in a review? Between you and me, you have a lot of fans on that panel. You never contact him again, or I will come after you. out of you, but maybe just leave us out of it, okay? We love you, Father. Continue to lead us, guide us, and direct us. Amen. And the trailer is just an excellent teaser. The The show, the season two, was phenomenal. So let's bring in our guest at this time, action real estate agent Todd Terry. He's the, uh, uh, the lead actor who plays Sergeant Gary Travis in the hit crime drama Vindication. It's going to be a great conversation. So without further ado, let me welcome Mr. Todd Terry. Hello, sir. Welcome to the Gifts of Glory podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I, I don't think yeah. I've seen that cut of the trailer before. Uh, and I was like, I want to see that. And the way they put it together, it gets you enticed. You want to see the season and you think that, okay, it's going to be predictable. You're like, okay, I saw this in the trailer, so I know what it's building up to. But just like in season one, Jared in the, in the writing uh, staff did a phenomenal job of, of leading you in a direction, but, and giving you a different swerve at many aspects. Yep. Not as many swerves this year, uh, except for uh, um, the the story arc of, uh, of uh, perhaps Joe Anderson, the biggest swerve of all. But uh, you know, this year uh, it was the trailer definitely 
lives up to the hype. Yeah. Yeah. It was funny what you said, like last year or the first season, you know, I think the flash, some of the flashbacks kind of threw you off or gave you a perspective of something that may or may not be true. Whereas, uh, you know, I don't know the storyline. It's not that the storylines are stronger this time around, but there's less of that. And it's just, I think you're just more engaged because you've gotten to know the family. You've gotten to know some elements that you don't necessarily have to go to say flashbacks for it. You're just kind of mm-hmm. pulled the story. At least that's how I feel. Yeah. And the, the one, the biggest flashback of season two wasn't was something that you kind of guessed at as you're watching that episode, but and uh, the the season's been out long enough. I, I don't think that we can worry about spoilers. But the flashback of you as the kid realizing that your mom kind of was an absent mom and didn't give you give young Travis uh, Gary Travis what he needed. That flashback was excellently done because it was kind of new, but at the same time it uh, it created a much needed backstory. Yeah. And I think that's important for any, you know, any drama. Of course, I didn't see that at all. Uh, any of that being filmed, but uh, yeah, it was powerful for me just to watch that, just to see, Oh, this is, you know, my character's backstory. And uh, but I, sorry, my dogs just started barking. <laughs> <laughs> Knew it would happen. But uh, you know, I, th- I think that's important because it, it builds more of an emotional life with that character when you get to go see where they came from and maybe some of, uh, uh, for lack of a better word, strongholds in Gary's life, you know, Travis's life, and you know how sometimes maybe he chooses anger and shutting people off, that kind of thing. Yeah, the uh, the story arc of the first season, uh, as we watch, you know, Gary Travis grow. I, I always say that, or the way I, I diagnose it or analyze it was taught, uh, that Gary Travis had three women in his life that he was growing in each relationship. And as he grew in one relationship, it fed into the others because you had your wife, you had your daughter, and then you had Chris Tanner coming in. And I think all three of those storylines really shaped who Gary Travis was when he's driving to church that final episode. Interesting. And I I never thought about it that way, but no, that's that's a great perspective. Um, yeah, I mean, season one, you know, for me is just is coming to know Jesus, just the the grace of God. Whereas season two is more about, I would say, sanctification, you know, or mm-hmm. kind of going through that that motion. But uh, no, I love that perspective of the woman in his life. And then we go to season two, and. Uh, and Becky and, and Gary have moved into a smaller house and are using some savings to help and bless other people. And it is, it's really cool because it's only done in one episode because it's not necessarily, it's kind of going that biblical principle of don't let the left hand know what the right hand is doing. Mm-hmm. But you'd use it in one episode with, with a single mom. And it was just a really cool moment to see that uh, exchange. Uh, they're in the the first episode. Yeah, and I and I love that. I love that uh, first episode just of what they're going through. Um, you know, and w- as as an actor, I had no idea, and none of us really know what's coming next, <laughs> which is great. So we're kind of discovering it as the show goes along. But I thought that was a great a great take. I actually, you know, I remember back early 
in my uh, coming to the Lord and just some decisions I made back then that I like, I can relate to in some of these aspects of what the Travis family decided to do. Yeah. I I know that in many ways, it's kind of like trying to pick your favorite child. Um, But is there an episode in the first two seasons that you look back and you're like that, that was my favorite episode to shoot or my favorite episode or story to tell? God, that's hard. That's like saying, who's your favorite child? Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure I can, I'm not sure I can say I, there's several that had an impact. One was with, uh, and I apologize, names are escaping me, but the one about the photographer in season two, um, Mm. the moment with the the girl, uh, that was, uh, I remember that being a impactful episode for me, the, the final episode with Doris in the prison that was impactful Uh, with uh, Cameron Arnett, you know, the discovery of that. And that scene, those are just moments that are popping, you know, in my mind. I also like the humor of it. Um, You know, I, I love everybody in the show, but Candace Kirkpatrick has a special place in my heart. She's just (laughs) such an encourager and such a funny lady. She, she, she doesn't even know how funny she is. She's she's just really funny, and she just makes some really fun choices with with that character. So anyway, but uh, yeah, I love I've loved working with everybody. Everybody brings their own thing to the to the show, and that's what's great about it. It's not about one person. It's about a team of people working together that's made the show really great. Jared, you know, Jared at the helm. Yeah, and, and uh, Candace's character is. is- it seems like it's so unlike her because when you talk to her, like I've interviewed her and you just see her interactions, you know, she's on uh, the Christian view. Now it seems like she's not quite as quirky in real life as maybe Janet is, or did you being around her in person? Do you realize, no, that's actually Candace. No, she's a good actress because that's not, (laughs) I mean, it's not that she can't, you know, be funny and quirky and, but you know, she's, uh, she just brings that character to life in a way, you know, but I wouldn't say that's, that's who Candace is, you know, that's, she's mm-hmm. just, you know, she's a good actress. So. Yeah. And uh, uh, Jared's popping in. He said, Todd was throwing some beautiful spirals to TC uh, during the football practice montage. Jer- Jared was so nervous. Um, <laughs> I think he asked me to send him a video of me throwing the football and I don't think I ever sent him one. So I'm sure he was nervous about me throwing it, but Jared can throw the football. So, you know, on all the shots where you don't see me, he's throwing the ball. But yeah, I, I actually held my own throwing it to TC, which is great. You know, he's a he's an all star man. Now he he's a legit athlete. He he's gonna play football. Did he ever? Was there a moment where he's like TC, slow down? I can't throw that far. Or or were you able to hit him uh, pretty easily? Honestly, it was for me. It was a hail, hail mary every time. I just literally just chunked it, and just by the grace of God, it got there <laughs> most every time. But he's so fast that you just have to act quickly. <laughs> so, how did you uh, get tied to to Jared and to uh, Vindication? Because it started off as basically a short film uh, with Ben Davies and what became the pilot episode. Which yeah. you know, if you watch it, you're like, wow, that that could be a short film by itself. And then you you get blessed. You're like, oh, wow, there's a whole series now, which is kind of like was my journey. But how did you first get involved? Yeah. So uh, initially it was it was just a short film. Um, 
I had met Jared at a, it's, a, I think it's CMA, a Christian Media Artist. I think that's the name of it. And I was there, I think at the time, speaking about a, a film that I had done. And afterwards, he came up and just started chatting and said, hey, would you be interested in being in this short film? And I said, yeah. And that that was it. Mm-hmm. And so shot it with Ben Davies. Ben's great. Ben needs to come back into the show somehow. That would be awesome. Uh, but shot it. And th- then that was it. I was like, OK, cool. It won some awards. We went to Austin to uh, a uh uh, exhibition, what do you call it? A festival. And uh, Venus was there and she was hosting this particular festival. I think it's the attic film festival. And uh, I guess Jared may have had conversations with her before about potentially the show, you know, becoming a series. And uh, that's when, at least for me, the birth of the series began because uh, Jared said, Hey, I'm thinking about turning it into a series. And here we are like three years later, we're going into season three. So it's it's a huge, huge blessing for me, uh, you know, or for any actor just to be able to get, you know, not know it's coming. And then it comes and it's like steady work. And, you know, it's nice to build a character. It, obviously, uh, you've uh, if anybody looks at your IMDb page, you've you've been in acting for quite a bit. Uh, what what was the kind of the um, the genesis of your acting career? You know, in high school, uh, I I did uh, I, I joined a drama class or joined high school drama class, and for me it was therapy. Uh, I was relatively a shy kid. I could I could perform, but I mean, intro, I was very introverted. And for me, it was you know it was like emotional therapy to do a monologue and to be able to you know uh, exercise my emotions, so to speak. And then from there, I just, I, I loved it. And uh, then I went and studied. Uh, I studied over in Europe for a short time. I went to a professional actors conservatory for, you know, just like a two-year training program and then did summer stock and moved to Amsterdam with a theater company, an American theater company, ran out of money, came back. So it's always been in my blood to do it because I've loved it. And I, I, I love I love stories and I love telling stories basically. Um, But I think what really struck me when I was uh, about 17 or 18, I was part of a, uh, something called teenage communication theater. It was a a theater troupe. We did improv for on subjects like uh, drug abuse, uh, teen pregnancy, you know, you go on and on and we'd improvise these scenes, hone them and then go present them to, bunch of different community centers, things like that. And for me, that gave a purpose to acting for me. Uh, So I'd always kind of wanted that. So when Vindication came along, for me, it was like a heart thing to be able to, you know, do what I love and also feel like I'm giving something to people versus just another story. Mm -hmm. Uh, The the resume is is amazing um, because you've done done some pretty big things. You're... um... Uh, you're in uh, Arlington Road way back in 1999, uh, which was which is a, a favorite of mine. I, I thought it was a really exciting film. Uh, you've been in Fear of the Walking Dead. Uh, it's is there a, a moment that you look and you felt like I, I can't believe I'm doing this, or has there been like a moment you've met somebody on set that you kind of feel like a fan uh, when you go on set? 
yeah, it's pretty much every time. I've never, I've never really lost. I would say my childlike enthusiasm for yeah. this. You know, you go on any new project. You know, even repeats of old ones, and it's of uh, ones you've been on before, and it's still exciting all the time. I mean, I, I can. I don't want to name drop. You know, things that oh, this was great, but I, I've I, I've had some really nice experiences because I guess what for me is when you get on set with somebody that you see on the screen, they're just another person and they're just like anybody, you know? And so most of the time, I mean, every once in a while you run into somebody that, you know, may have an attitude, but it's, for me, it's been rare and it's, it's been, it's nice to know, Hey, it's just another person. You've kind of seen them as something bigger than life. And, you know, they're just another, another guy, another girl. So just you know, scrolling through the, uh, your IMDb page, uh, what was was there ever a moment that that you got a, a booking and you're like, "Wow, I'm really an actor now." <laughs> I, mean, I don't mean that insulting, but it's like, no, you know, it's like the coming of age moment. We're like, "Wow, this is this is really happening." Um, I can't I can't think of well, I can think of one, and it was it was a show I did, and then the following month it won an Emmy and and I was felt so fortunate to be on the show because I felt like had it won an Emmy before I would have never been on the show mm-hmm. uh, but you know and it turned into several episodes of work and it, it, it was great and um, you know so but that that I remember as being a really neat experience meeting the lead actor in the trailer and all that I'm not going to mention the name but I just but that that was really kind of a highlight but uh, honestly, you know, every job I'm thinking early on when I was 18, 19 years old, you, I'd get an industrial or corporate video job for like, I can't believe it's yogurt or something like that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, you know, because everything's new and you're just all, you're just trying to build your resume and get more, get more work. So it's, it's all it's always exciting. As somebody that's done some embarrassing short films myself. Do you have anything that you're like that will never be on my reel, and I better never see that that uh, project again? Yes, I, I I have one. It's not I mean it's not necessarily a short film, but I have one project, and I will not mention it. That I remember after shooting it, I went, "Oh my gosh, I hope this thing tanks because I <laughs> just did not, you know, want to be a part of it." And then I also had one that I thought was going to be amazing. And and I had all these friends over to watch it, and it was horrible. And uh, you know, and I it was just you know me just going, thanks for coming. <laughs> it was, <laughs> but it was it was so bad. But uh, yeah, you you just kind of you you develop a thick skin as an actor. You just got to learn to just go, okay, I feel horrible right now. I'm going to move on, go to the next one. So yeah, absolutely. The the short films I was in, I'm like. The only time that they're going to see the light of day is if somebody wants to rib me at like a career, you know, appreciation dinner. Like this is where he started. So if they see the light of day, I think that might not be the bad worst thing in the world because it's like, yeah. <laughs> oh god, you just brought to mind another one. I, I did, and I do remember a short film that I said I hope it never meets hits the light of day. But yeah, anyway. <laughs> so so the, the my favorite part of the show is always to hear people's journey. Uh, how they came to know Christ and and how big uh, of an impact he's had. Um, so, uh, Todd, tell us, how did you first 
find Jesus and how did uh, how did that happen? Was it uh, did you grow up in a church going family or was this a journey you found on your own? Uh, you know, share with us your testimony. Yeah, so uh, I was brought up in the church. Um, I was baptized as a kid, but you know, as a kid, you don't really know much other than you're doing what your family expects you to do, what you see your friends do. Um, and then um, I always had a consciousness of God that, you know, and I believe God was real, all this kind of stuff. And then um, I went to camp at a camp called Canacuck. And I remember, you know, giving my life to Christ. I remember giving my life to Christ many times <laughs> as a kid, you know, it was like this repeating revolving door of, you know, and this was just my mindset of, you know, I gave my life to Christ, things changed, and I'd go right back into being an idiot and doing mm-hmm. the things that, you know, I did, any of us do when we're being idiots. And then it was not until, and then, and then I kind of got out into the new age movement. You know, I kind of everything, God was everything. And I was pulling from pieces of different religions and whatnot to try to, you know, fill that hole, so to speak. And then uh, when I was about 27, I met my wife, who was going to be my wife, uh, who's an actress too. And she actually has been in vindication. Uh, And and things started to change at that time. I can't tell you exactly what it was, but I started going to a Bible study. I would argue with my wife about God, Jesus versus Buddha, all this kind of stuff. And eventually just something changed through this Bible study. And my pastor at the time, his name was James Borchert and he just passed, uh, which was really sad, but he was such an impact in my life because he was a, he was a a kind of a strong father figure type, but I needed my butt kicked, so to speak. So, So for me, the message was, you're not, you're not good. Cause I, I always kind of went to the self-esteem movements and all that kind of stuff, trying to build myself back up. That's not what I needed. I needed, no, you're, you're wicked. You're, you know, you're, you're going down the wrong path, but God still loves you. And for mm-hmm. me, that's what changed my heart because I, I didn't really care. I didn't know how to clean up. I know how to fake it. But I didn't know I needed an experience with God. And that's what happened with that, knowing that, hey, I'm wicked. God, God loves me not to keep me in my sin, but to change me, change my heart, my mind and all that. Like I, I'm looking in your background about the uh, your tabs open in your brain. Dude, that's me. That yeah. That's me all not all the time. But a lot of the time when I go back into that old man, it's just all in my head Mm -hmm. and uh you know for me the biggest growing and that's why i like vindication it's so much about relationship for me relationship is really really what i need because i i you know i want to go somewhere else and just kind of like be alone and when i need relationship you know that's my (laughs) that's my challenge for myself anyway sorry i just went off but no that's beautiful in yeah, everybody's story is is beautiful because it all leads to, to the foot of the cross, um, and it's it, and your story is just another example of how God doesn't give up. He doesn't yeah. quit on us. Like your the the moment you had with uh, Joe Anderson's daughter, uh, just you know, just because we mess up doesn't mean God's gonna give up and, and walk away and wash his hands of us. 
Uh, he's going to be there and he's going to let us mess up, be idiots and face some of the consequences of that. And sometimes he'll save us from the consequences, but for the most part, he'll let us learn by falling down and then helping us pick ourselves back up. Yep. So, uh, you know, thank you so much for uh, sharing your testimony and, and, and showing just again, God's faithfulness. Um, somebody that we both know, uh, Scott Galbraith, uh, has uh, chimed in and said, Hey guys. And I said, uh, Todd Terry is a uh, great guy to interview. Uh, and, uh, so are Dave, uh, I should know because we were both on the uh, round table about a month ago. That's right. That's right. That was fun. That was a fun yeah. interview. Yeah. In that whole, that whole time that he's like, Oh, there's a secret guest, secret guest. I'm like, they're not going to care. <laughs> no, I loved it. I thought it was yeah. great, man. Yeah, yeah. You are such a great supporter of the show. And so that, that's what made it so nice. Because yeah. you you know you, you knew all the questions to ask. Yeah, it, it was it was a lot of fun, and uh, I am trying to uh, get get Peggy on here. I'd love to hear her story as well, uh, and and hear the the perspective of the uh, the on set wife. Um, yeah. As a married Christian, do you find it hard to be married on screen, or how how do you navigate that with with your wife? Because I know you said she's an actress as well. Yeah, no, it's not. I mean, we've had discussions early on about kind of where we stand with certain things in regards to, you know, on-screen romance, if you want to call it that kind of thing. You know, and I will say early on, one of my <laughs> one of my regrets was, you know, doing a show where I felt like I compromised my myself because I just wanted to work. Mm. Uh, and so... So I learned a lesson, I think somewhat of a lesson early on, on, you know, it, it I won't go into specifics, but it just, you know, it was a learning lesson for me, but I uh, know it's, it's not, it's not hard. We understand that, you know, we're going to be in situations, you know, that aren't compromised, but that we're obviously portraying somebody else's <laughs> wife or husband. So yeah, she, she gets it. Uh, from the husband's perspective, any time, any jealousy of like, Oh, she's in with that guy. I don't know. Are, are you? Are you, are you watching? Like, if I see her, like, with yeah, yeah. I'm try, I'm just trying to think of anything she's done. I mean, she's gonna get mad at me. No, <laughs> uh, no. I, I I honestly can't think of anything off the top of my head that she's done that I went, oh, that's weird. So <laughs> nothing comes to mind. That's good. Uh, so uh, we were talking before you started that uh, there are uh, several other projects that you have coming out. Um, uh, Pulled from Darkness uh, from Homesick Media Entertainment uh, with uh, George. Um, I talked about that. You also have Running the Bases movie and Unbreakable Boy. All those are in the show notes as well as up on our screen right now. Uh, and I know there's a lot to, to, to digest, but uh, tell us a little bit about each one of these three projects and uh, what uh, what they're about, what your role is going to be, uh, sure. so that uh, people that while they're waiting for Vindication season three, they can <laughs> kind of get their fix uh, between now yeah. and then. And I don't know when they're coming out. Actually, these three yeah. that are on the screen, but uh, yeah, pulled from darkness. I, I play very against type. I play basically a Russian mobster, uh, and uh but it was a lot of fun i got to learn you know the dialect and a little bit of russian you know um but the story's based on a true story that i believe happened in armenia if i'm correct george could correct me but um and it's you know the story of a girl that basically gets 
sold in a card game, so to speak, and becomes uh, trafficked and gets mm. separated from our kids. And then, you know, what happens in the end, but uh, it's a pretty gritty story. I've seen some of the, not the dailies, but just some, a little bit of footage and it looks great. Uh, James Burgess was the DP on that. And he's done, he's done quite a few faith-based films. Um, and then running the bases is a story that was shot in Arkansas. Um, and it's the story of a, a family that gets, um, uh, promoted to a new school, brought to a new school to uh, run their baseball program, which is a 5A program versus the 3A that he was at before. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's, it's, it's your typical, not your typical story, but it's just, I play the antagonist that comes against that particular uh, person and makes his life uh, hell, so to speak. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, yeah. So that, you know, there's, there's, it's a faith-based film as well. And it's uh it, it was re- great to shoot. We shot it in Arkansas. And then Unbreakable Boy was produced by the Irwin brothers. And uh, John Gunn was the director. I play the father of the lead in that. Um, and it's based on a book. Great book. A really, really great script. So looking forward to you know seeing that when it comes out. Yeah. And those are just a few because you, you've been pretty busy uh, the last couple of years, uh, even with uh, the pandemic and everything. Uh, you also uh, lent your voice to an animated series with uh, uh, Kevin and uh, Kristen Collier uh, for Benny the Barnacle. Uh, yep. Was that your first voiceover work, or or how? Or um, no, I mean much? for cartoon. No, I haven't. I haven't done cartoon vo- or like uh, character type voices. Maybe a little. I've done a lot of voiceover work. Just I have a ongoing gig with a company called Tidal Lock uh, that I do a lot of voice work for, and then just random commercials, things like that. So I've done it, but I've never done a character like that. So I, I'm anxious to see that. I'd love to do more of that kind of stuff. Um, that, you know, that's a lot of fun uh, getting to play with your voice. I also just, <laughs> I also got to work with Steve Mokate, you know, who is, uh, who's in Vindication. Uh, we did a movie called uh, The Senior that mm-hmm. hopefully comes out next year. Um, so that was fun to get to work with him. And a guy named Major Dodge, who was also in, uh, it's like episode five or six of uh, season one in Vindication. Okay. Now you and Steve McKay, just looking at Facebook, you guys have a, a deep friendship. Was that started with Vindication or did you guys know and work together before that? No, no, we didn't. I mean, we we uh, just met on the set. We just love to harass each other. So that's, uh, you know, we'll, we'll meet up, you know, now and again. I, I love Steve. He's great. But we just literally, if you read our text threads, <laughs> shake your head. Because <laughs> it's like, it's constant harassment about football or, or whatever. In fact, he's probably watching, watching one of the, uh, I think it was a national championship. I don't know of whose national championship. But I think he said he was going to be watching that over us tonight. So, yeah. Uh, well, you know, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe we just need to pray for him because I know yeah. the, he likes to wear that sooner stuff all over. It's yeah, I know yeah. it's embarrassing. <laughs> uh, so, um, the uh, there were a few questions that we were asked uh, by uh, people in the uh, Vindy Nation group. So if anybody is a fan of the show or is becoming a fan because you've seen uh, uh, our interview and you'd like to uh, uh, follow the conversations, uh, feel free to join. It's uh, the uh, Vindy Nation group, uh, V-I-N-D-I-E, 
on a space uh, nation. And uh, well, Alana May, she is uh, she's from the UK. She started the the Change.org uh, petition to uh, uh, to kind of shake the uh, rattle the cages at uh, Pureflix. She wanted to ask a question. Um, uh, she asked, uh, "What is it like to work with such an amazing cast?" Was her question. Well, I will say everyone in that cast brings their own, you know, because Jared's really great about not just casting locally. He, he, he looks all over the United States and allows people to submit. So we, you know, we've got a lot of great actors on the show, Um, you know, and and it's written so well that I, I just think that it's like, it's not that there's no acting involved. Of course there's acting involved, but you know, the characters are rich and that always helps bring a story together. So I don't know if I'm answering your question, but uh, it's, it's great. Everybody's been great to work with. Awesome. And she also asked uh, another question that I kind of touched on earlier about your favorite episode. Uh, But like, like we said, it's kind of like picking your favorite kids. Um, You're not really supposed to do that. Um, But uh, I think, I think your favorite episode is going to be the next one. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's the next episode. <laughs> that's right. That's good. So for those that are listening and not seeing the uh, the pop-ups on the screen, uh, for those listening to the podcast, uh, find uh, the uh, Vindication uh, social media at Vindication Series. Uh, you can find them on Facebook and Instagram. And for those that uh, are, are listening also, the three projects that we were talking about a moment ago, uh, pulled from darkness. You can find them at homesick media ENT on Facebook, uh, homesick media ENT uh, running the bases is at running the bases movie and unbreakable boy is at unbreakable B uh, on, uh, on Facebook. So check out those films uh, that are coming out uh, eventually. Uh, you know, uh, the release date has not been uh, set on the series.com for updates on uh, when uh, season three is going to start filming, which uh, should be in the next six weeks or so, it sounds like. And then uh, really excited to see what happens. And, of course, to see how long uh, Jared is able to stretch out who is in the body bag, which obviously we can't answer. Uh, As I teased in the uh, the Vending Nation group, that uh, that question can't be asked because, like, Jesus doesn't know the day or the hour. Todd Terry doesn't know who's in the body bag. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I I have no idea. I seriously, I have no idea. I have not seen the first script. I don't have any idea. I do know there's going to be new recurring characters. I could say that much. Um, and that we do uh, start casting again in the next week for some new. Uh, so be on the lookout if you're an actor. I, I'm assuming they cast on actors access. I hope I'm not saying that incorrectly, but they have in the past. Um Ronnie Hummel is uh, one of the is the casting director, so she's somebody that would know. And if you uh, have a keen eye, you can find Ronnie Hummel in several episodes of season two. Yeah, yeah, she is there. I saw so, her last week. Oh, go ahead. No, uh, so uh, the the uh, final two uh, segments that we do on Gifts of Glory uh, is the. Um, well, Scott Galbraith says he wants to be on the show. Uh, and uh, so, Scott, get your resume ready, your reel ready, and uh, and maybe uh, a, a few uh, pictures of uh, Benjamin Franklin might help. 
Yeah, and I think he needs <laughs> he needs to audition in his Facebook profile um, outfit. Yeah, absolutely. In his, in his Mario outfit. Hey, there could be uh, a, a a crime that happens at a uh, children's birthday party. That's a and great God is Mario. Yeah. Hopefully, Jared's listening. <laughs> All right. Uh, so the uh, the final two segments are the interrogation and the wise counsel. Uh, we'll start with the uh, interrogation. Seven random questions that otherwise would not have fit in the uh, conversation. Here we go. So in a new take for, for Todd, he is on the other side of the interrogation questions. Number one is, who is on your music playlist? Oh my gosh. I don't think anybody's ever asked me that question. Oh my gosh. I, I love music. In fact, my wife is a singer songwriter. Both my kids are musical. I'm less musical. I'm going to take piano lessons. And I'm not, I'm, I'm saying all this cause I don't know that I can answer the question. I do like country music. Uh, and I like some, you know, random different, Christian music, but I couldn't tell you. I like more like 70s music. Uh, I love 70s music. Um, like my son's favorite band is Rush. and okay. you know, But that's not really necessarily 70s. I think it's more 80s. But anyway, I used to love Rush. That was one of my favorite bands. But anyway, other than that, I like Bread. I like Jim Croce. This is dating me. Um, <laughs> Three Dog Night. Um I love Joe Cocker. I love Michael McDonald. These are just names that are coming. Uh, so that's enough. All right. Question number two. Uh, what's your favorite comfort food? Ooh, peanut butter. Probably peanut butter. Yeah. Straight yeah. out of the jar or like a peanut butter sandwich? Uh, yeah, peanut butter. Sometimes like a rice thing or just bread. But yeah, peanut butter or peanut butter flavored cereal. That's what you can get me. <laughs> give me that that's what's it, that's what's in your trailer every episode that's right <laughs> minus the trailer <laughs> it's more of a shed um, <laughs> question number three uh how do you relax oh that's a good question um i would say a lot of times it's just kicking back and watching tv but i that is such a bad habit. And I, that's probably something I'm trying to break myself of. Um, and I'm going to, I'm going to start taking piano lessons. Cause I think once I start learning, that will be a relaxing thing for me to do. And, to you know, but, uh, it's something I've always wanted to learn and I've just never done it. Um, other than that, I like to, uh, started working out more recently and, uh, sometimes running things like that. So, that was one of my goals for Travis not to be the, you know, the butt of the joke mm-hmm. when it comes to working out and whatnot to try to get in shape. So I've actually been trying. <laughs> there you go. We'll see what happens. And, and if Jared's watching this, he could have Travis go on this journey throughout the season, learning to play piano. So it becomes a work thing to help mm-hmm. get you motivated to do it. And then That's you know, good. do an opus at the end. That's good. That's good. <laughs> Benji Wilbanks uh, says uh, yes to piano. Yes. Benji's like, like uh, uh, an inspiration for me. Cause he'll, he'll get on Facebook and he'll just start pounding out all these old classic songs. And I'm like, God, that's great. And my son, my, my youngest son can do it. He, he just gets on the piano and I, I don't know how he does it. He just starts pounding stuff out. He know he does not read music, but he can just beautiful music. So 
Mm, very nice. Inspiring. Very nice. Question number four. Do you have any regrets or things that you wish you could do over? Hmm. Yeah, I wish I wish I had uh, taken a language. In, well, I took a language in school, but I wish I developed it and stuck with it because that's something I'm always thinking about going back to learning Spanish, tried to learn a little Russian, you know, when I was doing that other deal. But, you know, if I, I was going to go back because, you know, maybe I don't have to regret it because maybe I still can. So maybe yeah. Spanish and I'm trying piano. So hopefully I won't have those regrets. Sounds good. Question number four, what's the best part of being a realtor? The best part of being a realtor. Well, I'll tell you, I got I got into realty because my mom was in the business for years. And it was just a natural fit. But when I got in, I loved it because I like I like I like looking at houses. I love the discovery of, you know, what works for somebody, what they like and, you know, how to find that one that fits for them. You know, there's a lot of things that I don't like about real estate, you know, just the a lot of mechanics of inspections and whatnot. That's not that much fun, but uh, really seeing somebody find something that they like, and it's a tough market out there because mm-hmm. so many people are competing against the same, you know, for the same thing. But uh, yeah, I would say that just uh, finding that house that somebody just falls in love, love with. Do you ever have a uh, Gary Travis moment where you take off your ID and you're like, I'm not going to talk to you as a realtor. I'm talking to you as a father. You really <laughs> need this house. <laughs> Actually, I do. I'm not phrased like that, but I do. I'm like, I should probably like, you know, it's just more accounts. Because I'm not a salesy kind of guy. I like, you know, I'll tell people, yeah, I don't really like this house. Um, You know, even sometimes when they seem to like it. Uh, But I'll give them specific reasons why. Uh, But yeah, yeah, I'm just, yeah. All right. So the next question I'm going to ask is, uh, uh, what quirk or habit does your wife tease you about? <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, I'm laughing because I literally just got reprimanded earlier for this, uh, clearing my throat as I'm walking into the kitchen and they're, you know, like her and my son are watching a movie. <laughs> She's like, Stop. <laughs> Hey, you have to let her know that you're arriving. It's, yeah, and it's 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 a bad habit, but yeah. Right. So, uh, question number seven is uh, who's in the body bag? I'm kidding. Yeah, um, I wish I knew. Uh, and, and really, uh, the question is, uh, what kind of character or what role would be your dream role? Golly, you know what i i i I don't think I can answer that question. Um, I've had some roles that it's so funny now, you know, these days, you know, as an actor, I can think of roles I'd like to play, but there's, there's so much about cultural, cultural appropriation. Like you're, you don't have that issue. So you shouldn't be playing that character. And which Mm -hmm. I think is dumb because that's kind of what acting is about. But uh, there are, there is, a guy that I used to work with, I used to be um, on the night shift of this home for developmentally disabled men. And so mm-hmm. uh, there was this one guy there named Ronnie. He had cerebral palsy. I love this guy. I mean, he just a sweetheart. And I thought if I could ever play somebody like Ronnie, 
that would be a blessing to me because just his heart was just beamed. You know, he, he did not have, you know, much functionality with his limbs, but mm-hmm. just, you could just see his heart exuded, exuded from him. So, you know, probably somebody with a, you know, that's developmentally disabled in some way. I don't know. I just have always had that thought just because of my experience with Ronnie. Hmm. And, and you're right too, that with the cancel culture and the cultural appropriation, sometimes it's very hard to be somebody that, that plays those roles because somebody can misinterpret your acting as mo- making fun or, or disrespecting. But, you know, when it's somebody like that, that you just talked about, anybody that would pay attention would know, okay, this is done in honor of not yeah. at the expense of. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, and I don't know what the, the, some of the fuss is, but uh, yeah, it seems to be a thing these days. So, but yeah, that, that's something, you know, I would, you know, possibly, one day I like to try, but you know, it's honest for me. It's like, I see if I audition for the role and I see the role and it's on paper, I, a lot of times that's what gets my interest. It's like, Oh, I like that character. Cause I have a certain idea of that character that maybe they didn't necessarily have. I don't know. That gets mm-hmm. me excited about doing something. Yeah. And uh, Scott Galbraith, I wanted to throw in a bonus question for those of us that have to come to Texas to be on the show. Uh, can you recommend a good Airbnb? No. no. <laughs> well, we kind of, we have the, well, no, I won't even go there. Uh, no, I cannot. <laughs> I, I think that was just his uh, very. Uh, um, he's wanting to stay uh, in the house. Is that what yeah, he's. Yeah. He's, he's wondering, right. hey, do you, do, you, do you have a room? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Todd, uh, the, uh, the final question I ask every interview um for anybody that wants to use their gifts or talents or passions, uh, their experiences in a way that's going to honor and glorify God, what would be your wise counsel for that person? Hmm. So I, I, and I, I'm answering this kind of maybe in a long form because for me, I knew, I knew what my passion was before I really had a relationship with God. Hmm. So I knew what I wanted to do. Versus coming into it, okay, I'm a believer in what's God leading me to do. So I, I had that, I had that bent toward the arts. Um, but what's happened is because of becoming a Christian, it's given me a different perspective on on acting. And I'm not answering your question directly yet, but for me, it's given me all these ideas on how to potentially teach acting because I get so much revelation from what the word says on how to maybe be more authentic in your acting experience. Uh, So I would just say whatever it is that God has put on your heart, maybe even before you became a believer or those things, sometimes God can use those. I mean, I don't, I, I mean, I'm sure some people came out of some fairly rough lives and maybe some of those circumstances aren't going to be glorifying to God. But, you know, if he's put something in your heart, I think you just got to nurture it mm-hmm. and trust him. I, I will say this in my walk. Sometimes I won't know if I'm supposed to go somewhere, but I'll pray to God. You know, some people disagree with this shuts the door on the circumstance 
sometimes I know I shouldn't be there. And sometimes I'm like, I don't know. So I'll say, God, and I'll pray, God, shut this door. And I've had it happen where I was in a situation and I got fired from a job. And I took that as God not wanting me in that situation. It wasn't because I did anything inappropriate or wrong or, you know, Mm -hmm. didn't show up, that kind of thing. It was a blessing that I got fired and it led to some other great work. So Mm -hmm. I'm just a believer in, you know, pray and trust. Um, But you also got to know that check in your spirit and know if that, you know, if, if you feel like, no, I'm not supposed to be there. I'm pretty confident. Don't do it. Mm -hmm. I know that didn't really answer the total question, but I would say nurture, nurture the passion that you have, whatever it's in, if it's art or whatever, start taking a class um, and just nurture that, you know, hook up with other believers that are, you know, like-minded and, creating your own projects. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's a good word because God can redeem it. Um, like for me, for many years, you know, just brief testimony is I fought, I battled suicide, uh, suicidal thoughts and, and depression for many years. And I use humor as a way to hide that. And now God's redeeming that to where I can now use comedy to minister to people. So it's, that's awesome. So God can use whatever, as long as you're willing to give it to him. So that that's a good word is that, just because you become a Christian doesn't mean that God's not going to use your life before that or what you developed before that. So yeah. Like that. Yeah. And I will say like I, my wife went through a deal. My, she's a singer songwriter and, and an actress, but she had a time where God spoke to her about her music at the time and told her in a sense to put it down. Mm-hmm. Um, but she knew in her heart what that was really about. You know, she, we were raising two young kids and all this stuff. And God spoke to her on that issue in a pretty powerful way. So, you know, trusting that God will speak to you, put it in his hands, you know, he he gives us good gifts. He's not out there to just see us fall and not pick us back up. Right. Good word. All right. Well, Todd, you made it through the interrogation and the wise counsel. I I really appreciate you being on, uh, for those, uh, again, uh, want you to connect with, uh, with Todd and different projects. Uh, find vindicationseries.com for all the links to their social media. And uh, for uh, three of the upcoming projects that he's a part of, uh, look for Pull from Darkness, uh, Running the Bases, and Unbreakable Boy. Uh, really uh, appreciate your time tonight, Todd. It's uh, It's been a blessing and uh, uh, looking forward to seeing season three. Great. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate you having me. Absolutely. And uh, everybody, thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Uh, Next week, I'll have a member of my improv team, uh, Christy Kale. Uh, She will be on. We'll hear her testimony and uh, uh, hear about uh, comedy as ministry. That's next week right here. So thanks to everybody tuning in. We will see you then.